the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, uh, along with our very special co-host today, Tina Smith, Carol Zernio, on special assignment. Tina is a longtime WellMed employee, worked at the AAA in San Antonio and Bear County before that, and she heads up the Caregiver SOS programs across the state of Texas and Florida. That's correct. That's and soon to expand into who knows where. Who knows where. The, we're, it's limited, limitless at this point. Well, it's good to see you. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. A- and we have added clinics in Houston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a new senior center in Dallas, and we're just we're moving right along. Tell us about the Caregiver SOS program. Well, our focus, WellMed well recognizes the important role that caregivers play in the, the health and well-being of their loved one, and it's a big job. A lot of people, it can be very overwhelming for a lot of people. So our focus is the caregiver themselves, that family member who's caring for somebody, and we want to provide information and support so that they can keep on caring for their loved one. Well, it is interesting because you never know who's been a caregiver, who is a caregiver. I interviewed our special guest today, Tamika Sanchez, who is a registered nurse, has a bachelor in nursing. Uh, and at the time I talked with her, had no idea she actually was a caregiver as well. And she'll talk about that. She's been an LVN, a licensed uh, Vocational nurse, right? Got to get your microphone turned on. Has an associate degree. You don't have to do anything. Brian will take care of that. Uh, Associate degree in nursing from St. Philip's College and her bachelor's degree in nursing from the University of Texas at Arlington. Been a nurse, and you don't look this old, for more than 20 years. Yes, sir. Which is really pretty cool. And you joined the WellMed team in 2016, and you're now on a very special part of that WellMed team uh, doing outreach and educational programs for folks with diabetes and other issues. Exactly. So our clinical programs department really does, we go out to the clinics and we go out to our senior centers from the WellMed Charitable Foundation and do education for our patients and their families. Which, of course, as you know, you know, it's important to it's have critical. everyone on the, exactly on the care team to know what's what's happening. And one of the things I didn't know, and this being a show, Caregiver SOS on air about caregivers, you indeed were a caregiver. Yes. Uh, I guess you could say twice for two very you know special people in my life. Yes. Tell us about that. So my son, my first caregiver experiences with my son when he was five years old, he was diagnosed with uh, T cell lymphoma. So um, it was quite a blow because you know at five years old they're starting kindergarten and you're you know they're rambunctious and they're you know you're just kind of going through the motions of being being a parent and uh, we unfortunately got the diagnosis. He was misdiagnosed for three years, actually. Mm. Um, So one of the things that um, I did learn from that experience was advocating for yourself and for your family. Um, How how did they finally catch what it was? I insisted that a biopsy was done. So um, the T-cell lymphoma was actually manifesting itself in his skin. So um, he started having symptoms when he was two. 
And what um, were those symptoms? Um, it actually causes in his skin uh, hypo pigmentation, so he was losing his skin color, um, and he had some. Uh, it looked almost like eczema. So there was a lot of dryness or patches that he was experiencing. And um, you knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't right. Um, Moms I, always know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of have that sixth sense. Um, like, mm, I don't, this doesn't look like eczema. And being a nurse, too, you, you, you know what some sure. things look like. So, it, you know, I did have that advantage. But um, just deep down, that mom's instinct, I, I just knew something wasn't right. So after years and years of going to dermatologists and seeing specialists and his pediatrician, um, um, I, I insisted. I just got to the point where I said, we need to do a biopsy. And thank goodness his dermatologist listened to me and said, you're right, we, we do. We need to do a biopsy. And the results came back? The results, unfortunately, came back that he had lymphoma. And uh, it was it was hard for our family. It was really hard. Um, the first time he had a biopsy, it actually came back inconclusive. And I remember my sister-in-law saying, well, aren't you glad that it's not cancer? And I said, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not glad. <laughs> I mean, because it was still that sixth sense that something was not right. And again, that's something that I would I go on to tell people. If something doesn't feel right, you need to insist, get a second opinion, um, really fight for, for yourself. So you did another biopsy? So we did another biopsy, and that definitely came back conclusive. Yes. Any idea why it came back inconclusive? I think they did not get enough of the uh, cells. They didn't get enough of the skin cells. So I, I think maybe the sample was right. big enough. Right, yeah. sample. Exactly. And tell us, the, other than the, that skin mm-hmm. appearance, yes. what are some of the other symptoms of T-cell lymphoma? Uh, you, it's, it's mostly manifest. Oh, sorry, manifest manifested in the skin um, until it kind of progresses into the later stages. And then you'll see things happen like in the blood system because it's a white blood cell um, cancer. So um, once he was, thank goodness, only at stage one. So we didn't see a lot of the progressive um, problems with T-cell lymphoma. But um, for him, it was, you know, going to school, starting school and being able to see it. It was visible. So, um, you know, Kids, Which for course, kids, it's embarrassing. Exactly. So kids noticed, and he noticed that, you know, nobody else has this. And, you know, so. our, our guest is Tamika Sanchez, a registered nurse with WellMed Medical Management. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on Air with our special co-host today, Tina Smith, sitting in for Carol Zerniel. And we're delighted to have you all here on Caregiver. Uh, as a caregiver for your son uh, and, and for a five-year-old, it's not very different, is it, from being a mother? No. Or a father. Right, exactly. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, there's definitely concerns um, that you have um, as far as how is this going to affect, you know, their life and what what's their future going to look like. Um, there was a lot. There was impact, of course, on his schoolwork because he had to go and get treatments um, three times a week. So he was out of school a lot. Um, there was and he didn't understand really at five what was going right. on. Um, so. There was, you know, they were trying to explain to a five-year-old, you know, well, you have to get these treatments because, you know, you don't want to tell them you're sick. You know, you don't because they only think, you know, very literal. It's like, well, I don't don't have a cough. You know, I don't feel bad. Um, But, um, you know, just trying to help them understand the importance. And really, that goes throughout the years because, you know, I even had to experience that with my mother-in-law. you know, trying to explain the importance of the, getting these treatments because at some point they're just like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about her in a moment. Okay. But, but for your son, mm-hmm. what were the treatments that uh, he had to go through and you had to be there with him? Right, exactly. So he had to get um, something called UVB radiation. So there is a big, it almost looks like a big 
standing tanning booth. Um, it's very hot in there. Um, he had to actually work his way up to about 30 minutes in that, in that wow. booth. Wow. So you light him up. Yes. He came out burnt. <laughs> Did he glow in the dark? He almost. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard for a five-year-old to stay in one position for 30 minutes. It's right. very tight quarters. And getting so, them to understand and, yeah, be able to do that, that would be tough. Exactly. Yeah. It was very hard. So his very first treatment, I actually went in with him. <laughs> and uh, he's, he had to be, because he had patches all over his body, he had to be completely naked. Um, I, on the other hand, had all my clothes on, <laughs> so I was, uh, you know, a little warm. A little warm, exactly. It wow. was, it was an experience, but um, you know, you do whatever you have to do to make your family member feel comfortable. Um, so I, you know, I was warm, I was sweating it out, but that's okay. You know, I, I, I would have done anything. Yeah. And when did you turn the corner? When, when did you realize, hey, we're going to come through this? It was probably. About, um, I would say about two years ago, honestly. Uh, so he, you know, would have gone through the treatments for about five years by then, um, where I felt like, okay, you know, we're finally getting on top of this. He was getting results from his treatment. Um, we found a treatment that actually worked because we had tried a couple of different things, um, a couple of different uh, chemotherapy drugs and things like that to try to find um, a solution. And once we finally saw some results and saw that he was, you know, his patches and his um, symptoms were resolving, um, we were, you know, finally, you know, like, okay, maybe we can breathe a little bit easier and a little bit less concerned. We actually were able to um, connect with the doctor at MD Anderson in Houston. Uh, and that was very reassuring also because um, the thing with this cancer is it's not common in, in youth. It's not common in, in young people. It's actually around 50 or 60 years old that most people get, get diagnosed. Wow, with just this. your luck. Exactly, exactly. So it was kind of like, should we play the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was. Uh, it's just not very common in, in young people. So, any sense of how or why he contracted it? Not. There is absolutely no, no reason. reason. Mm-hmm. There is no reason, and um, that was one of the things that we asked. Like, is there? You know, is it environmental? Is it genetic? Um, you want. You want to find the reason an why exactly, and there isn't. So, Tina, you work with caregivers for yes. for a caregiver in this situation, especially uh, with a youngster. It's got to be really difficult. Well, definitely, you've got a lot of emotions tied up. You have that mother, you know, parent-child relationship, and so you don't, you know, your child is supposed to, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be growing up healthy and active and all of that. And so that's a, it's a tough blow. Yes. And you know, seeing friends and all of that moving on as you know as you believe they should, that can be really tough. And yes. so you've got to I imagine just persevere and. Yeah, and it, it really, it, you, you, we really do reach out for support. Um, I think when you do get a diagnosis like that, you're looking for other people yeah. that are going through the same thing. It's so important. It's very important. So I, important. And I, there were no support groups in the San Antonio area for this particular cancer in pediatric patients. And so I felt kind of hopeless. So you were hanging out with old people who had it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's like, how does this relate to my five-year-old? You it know? doesn't. It's like, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, yeah, I, I think the support part is so important for caregivers to make sure that even if because everybody's experience is individualized but right I, I need to know that someone is also going through this with me well i want to give your mother-in-law a short shrift we're going to come right back to okay. it uh, we're talking with uh, tamika sanchez who is a registered nurse works with WellMed medical management does education for those with diabetes and other conditions that require and benefit from a healthier diet healthier nutrition exercise, and the whole works. Tina Smith is here sitting in for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. I'm Ron Aaron. And as we talk about your mother-in-law, we've got about 30 seconds before we need to take a break. 
she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes, sir. Stage and four. not a good diagnosis. No, it was stage four breast cancer, so it was very scary for Which us. means? Which means it's already spread to other uh, organs in the body. Yes. Well, we're going to find out about that because you jump right into caregiving one more time. Yes. We're going to catch up with that in just a moment. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer. Delighted to have you with us. By the way, our program now airs Saturdays at 11 AM on 930 AM, The Answer, and we'll give you more details on that in a minute. We want to tell you a little bit about the new format here on Caregiver SOS on air. We wanted to give a chance for a lot more guests to join us, and by doing half-hour segments, we're able to have two guests uh, on week after week after week, which expands the base for talking about caregiving and caregivers. We also are bringing WellMed Radio to Saturday mornings on 930 AM, The Answer. We've got a brand new co-host on WellMed Radio, Cora Juke, a nurse practitioner who's been our co-host, was recently promoted by Optum, and she is now high up in management where you have to wear an oxygen mask in order to survive at that elevation. So Dr. Joshua Beck will be joining us. He is one incredible guy, and you'll meet him on WellMed Radio coming up on the next Saturday. Uh, the first program will air in mid-June, and we hope you join us on 9.30 a.m. The Answer for Caregiver SOS on Air and WellMed Radio. Well, we are so pleased you are with us here on Caregiver SOS on Air. Our very special guest is uh, Tamika Sanchez, talking about caregiving and her experience. And Tina, before we talk about her mother-in-law, as you listen to the story with her son, what, what occurs to you? Well, I mean, it is it's similar. I mean, a caregiving experience for anybody is that you, you've, oftentimes your emotions are wrapped up in top of having to make sure that certain tasks are being done. It can be very overwhelming. And as Tamika said, it can be very isolating, especially you know, if you don't have that, that support. And so it's so important for caregivers to reach out, to, to create a team and to create that support team for them. And how can Caregiver SOS help them? Well, we certainly can help. We have caregiver specialists available to talk to a caregiver. Sometimes you just need someone to to listen. And that's absolutely what we can do. We can help guide you on your journey. We also have other uh, support groups as well as stress management classes, all of that there to to provide you the education and information that you need. And just go to caregiversos.org. Absolutely. To get the skinny on uh, how to participate. Absolutely. Please do. And I would think to make a – because – uh, the condition your son had, T-cell uh, uh, cancer, you had to feel like the Lone Ranger. It did feel very much like that. I'd, we really did feel alone. Um, like I was explaining earlier, because it's not very common in um, pediatrics, um, we didn't know where to go. And you start doing Dr. Google, and you hear all the terrible horror right. stories, um, which is not helpful at all. So um, I was looking and reaching, you know, trying to find a support group and there's just, there was nothing out there. Um, I was actually able years later to find um, a group that does have um, just an email list um, of, of, pa- of parents that have uh, kids with T-cell lymphoma. Right. And we actually converse and talk and, hey, this is what I'm going through. Is my kid getting the right treatment? Um, how can I meet this doctor? So it really has been extremely helpful. And now you're the educator. And exactly. Exactly. And I take that very seriously. Um, I actually have just a really quick good story about it is that his dermatologist actually, once we um, 
because it's not common, his dermatologist is actually to, uh, able to easily diagnose another child with T-cell lymphoma because of my son's uh, condition. And I'm assuming uh, earlier diagnosis is better. It's, that's exactly what you want is an earlier diagnosis so you can go ahead and get on treatment immediately. So you, you know, wash your hands, you're all done, caregiving, it's all over, and then your mother-in-law. Yes. How soon after your son? Um, it was actually while while we were still going through treatment with my son. She's diagnosed. She got diagnosed, exactly. So um, it was kind of a blow uh, to our family again uh, to have to deal with cancer. Yeah. Stage four breast cancer. Stage four breast cancer. How, how was it discovered in your mother-in-law? She was actually in Mexico. She was living in Mexico at the time and had complained to my husband that she had a lump in her breast. Um, and, of course, again, being the nurse, I'm like, um, we need to get her to a doctor immediately. She was trying to see a doctor in Mexico, um, and they told her it was going to be a month before she got her results for a mammogram. And I said, no, that's unacceptable. And, again, being an advocate, I said, we're bringing her up here, and we're going to get her um, help immediately. Uh, so we did. We, we flew her up uh, to live here with us, and she did. She lived with us and uh, made sure we'd get her mammogram, and within two weeks, really, I mean, never sooner, you know, we got the diagnosis. But that diagnosis was not a good one. It was not, unfortunately. No, it was definitely not. Um, it was, you know, stage four breast cancer. So once we found out that there was a lump there, they decided to do, um, I believe they did full a body scan. full body scan. Yes, exactly. So she ended up with um, tumors in her liver and her lungs and on her sternum. Wow. Yes. And while she's living with you, was she undergoing chemo? Yes, she was. And again, that, that's, that's pretty hard. rough. That is hard. That is really hard, um, especially for a woman that's independent was living on her own um you know chemotherapy really wipes you out so um it was hard for her being dependent on others um and it's hard on the caregivers too uh, especially when you're used to seeing your mom up and moving around and you know uh it's hard to see them down and out and, and the whole family's impacted I the mean, everybody family. in the household is impacted everybody. as well exactly yeah. exactly the kids you know my mm-hmm. husband yes we were all impacted so um and your son had a cancer buddy Yes, I guess you could say that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's you know, there's there's a, a lot of love, but there's also, you know, some other feelings, of course, wrapped around um, being a caregiver, especially if someone with cancer, because um, there's some guilt there and there's stress. There's definitely stress. Um, so it's great to hear that, you know, you offer this stress busting. And yes. yes. So um, because there was there's there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, there's doctor's visits, there's the treatment, there's the, you know, the scans and medication and, um, you know, and just the sickness, you know, just yeah. not feeling well. Um, so there, there is a lot of um, stress yeah. involved. And tell us, a, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's what we tell caregivers all the time is that stress is going to be there. It's very, you know, it's, it's obviously very present and it's not necessarily going to go away. And in, in many cases, it just becomes more so. So what's important is to learn how to manage that stress. Exactly. And to be aware of when it's coming on and, and how to manage that so you can keep on keeping on exactly now, yes. tina uh tamika mentioned stress busters what is mm-hmm. that this is a, a nine-week uh course it's an hour and a half a week that we where we teach caregivers stress management techniques and coping skills as it relates to caregiving we we talk a lot about a different about a lot of different caregiving issues as well as specific stress management techniques like breathing you know something that we all do but we don't do well necessarily and so how to incorporate the stress management techniques into their lives as a as a routine sort of mindfulness which is the exactly. hot word of late yes yes definitely and, and for those like uh, Tamika who's got double duty as a caregiver mm-hmm. I would think that 
doing something about that stress had to be important to you. Extremely, extremely. So for me, definitely, um, I, I like to exercise. And so that was my outlet. Um, you know, just getting a walk, even if it's just a 10 minute walk, let me get outside and get some fresh air. Um, because, you know, their tensions are high in the in the house. Um, that was extremely helpful. Takes your mind somewhere else. Look at nature, whatever it is. But, you know, go to your happy place. I always tell people, just go to your happy place. <laughs> How did your husband deal with all this? That was probably a little bit harder. Um, he, it was his mother. It was his mother. And his son. And his son. And he's used to being the provider, you know, in charge, the, the, in charge yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to show those feelings of stress. You know, you would ask him. Well, you guys know, don't show it. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just impossible. <laughs> uh, so I was recognizing, of course, being the spouse, recognizing that he's a little stressed out. You know, he's like, well, how am I supposed to get her to her doctor's appointments and go to work and do this? And, you know, and I said, well, ask for help. And that was like, well, no, I don't want to ask for help either. So it's, um, again, one of those things where I had to recognize that his stress levels were going high. Um, So then, okay, let me take care of you also. Um, You know, sometimes we do have to step in and care for the caregiver. Um, And I didn't mind that. It's like, well, come for a walk with me. Just, you know, take five minutes. Um, You know, sometimes you just have to step away. Let's let's go, you know, let's go have some dinner or something like that. Um, Because it can become encompassing to, you know, be a caregiver. Um, So I I think it's really important to not only have people around you that can recognize that, but to be able to voice it, uh, feel safe for, you know, voicing when you need the help. It also, Tina, puts a lot of stress on a marriage. Oh, it certainly can. I mean, if things are left unsaid or just the stress in general can, you know, you can be short with each other because you're going in different directions. So absolutely. That's why it is so important to take time for yourself, whether it is that five minute walk or or whatever, you know, separate yourself just a little bit, manage that stress and, and communicate communicate so you important. all came through this we did come oh, through good. <laughs> we're still married I hesitate to ask. <laughs> i'm glad to hear that thank you thank you yes we're still married so um and thank goodness now my mother's my mother-in-law is actually in remission so oh, that's cool. yes so um it, it was a learning experience for for us again how to communicate with each other um learning on his part how to ask for help because for me i figured what's the harm in asking for help and for him yeah but tina will tell you most caregivers never ask for help it's hard we're a fairly independent society and we like to do things on our own that's that's our parent that's our spouse you know for better for worse we're supposed to do this and it is tough to ask for help but we tell caregivers all the time you need to this is not a journey you can do by yourself so, so don't be afraid. It's not a sign of weakness. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I was going to ask your um, advice, I guess, for caregivers, because it is hard to ask for help. It's hard to speak up to medical professionals. What advice do you have for people that how to get past that that fear or that, that just being able to do that? Right, exactly. Um, I would have to say um, definitely thinking – Especially when it comes to a medical provider, I guess let me let me tackle that one first. When it comes to a medical provider, I always think to myself, "Well, you're actually here because you want to help me or my child or my you know my loved one get through this um, this tough time." Yeah. We're a team. We've got to work together. We need to communicate together. And so, at some point, um, being an advocate for yourself, I, I agree, is comp- is really hard. It is really hard to speak up for yourself. Um, but it has to be done in order to get 
better outcomes. Um, even if you just have that weird feeling, and that's what it was for me, just that feeling that I don't think this is the right diagnosis. Well, you know your loved one the best. Exactly. And, and so you trust your instincts. Exactly. And I and personally, I I think that's the best thing to do is kind of listen to yourself and what your body's. I've always told my patients that if, you're, if your body's telling you something, you need to listen to it. Um, you know yourself better than anyone else. So if your doctor says, well, I think it's this, and you said, mm, that, that's just not, that's not what I'm getting here. Voice that. You really do need to tell them that. Um, because then let's, find, let's look at other avenues. Let's see what else is available. Because there are a lot of diagnoses out there that yeah. look alike. So, yeah, like I said, my son got misdiagnosed for three years. So You saved his life. I you feel did. like it. I yeah. mean, you yeah, did. definitely, definitely. That's pretty cool. Because if we didn't. Not that he'll ever thank you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not for what he had to go through. No, no, I don't think I'll ever get a card or anything. Yeah, standing in that radiation yeah. machine could not have been fun. No, it was not. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't expect any flowers or anything. Now he's caught up with everything, schoolwork, activities. He's doing very well. He just graduated or moved on to the seventh grade. So, yes, yeah, so he's, he's doing well. That's he's about really to play cool. football. And you're going to let him play football? I'm let him, well, that's a whole other discussion, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, my wife has made clear I've got – twin boys six and a little girl who's seven uh, and she said no football yeah. yeah so of course they want to play <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> as soon as you exactly. say no yeah. in fact i was talking to tina uh, reagan i think would like to be a cheerleader and a football player that'd be awesome so yeah we'll keep both <laughs> uniforms time. on the sidelines yes, right exactly <laughs> exactly so we got about a minute left what did you learn about yourself what i uh, that I've got some strength in that I do have a voice. Um, that was probably the, the best thing. Um, and being an advocate um, led to a great outcome. I mean, my son was diagnosed correctly, finally, and he got the right treatment. So what I learned about myself is that I do have a voice, and, uh, and it works. And That's people, cool. People will listen. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Tamika I appreciate Sanchez. you having me. Tina Smith, thank you for pinch hitting for Carol Zerner. We learned a lot, too, about what people can deal with. As caregivers. Yeah, and again, you don't, you don't have to do this alone. Please, please reach out to us if you have questions or just want to talk to somebody or find out what's in your That's area. Cool. Absolutely. Tina Smith, thank you. Tamika, thank you. thank you. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.